0: Get you guys out. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, get ready. Amen. Uh, as my son was saying, amen. Pastor Brandon was saying just uh, two months from now, we'll starting our well conference. Amen. So uh, please be part of the team. Amen. It takes all of us partiti- participating. Amen. And be part of the team. That's what makes it successful is when we can just start to be teamed up. Amen. Uh, join the ushers, usherettes, Cafe, one ministry with our children, every, every place, amen. There is a need, amen. And so as we all work together and work our part, you work, you work one, you work one part of it, amen. And then you come enjoy the rest of it. And then you also release it for others to enjoy as well, amen. But it takes all of us to do that. And so join, amen. The, the signups are there. Be part of a team. Be part of the church. Amen. This is your church. Be part of, it. you just got here. Be part of it, amen. Just jump on in, amen, and, uh, and you'll, you'll be blessed. The church will be blessed. Our, our visitors will be blessed, and we'll just have a great, great time. Can somebody say amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to jump back into our new series that we started a couple weeks ago, amen, entitled Love. Come on, tell your neighbor I love you. <laughs> tell somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm watching all you guys. I love you. Love you. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Love you. Come on. Come on, come on. If we can't say that to one another, then there's something wrong with us. There's something wrong if we can't uh, look at somebody and say, I love you, amen, without feeling embarrassed or, or anything like that, because we should be here and able to say, I love you. This is your church. You're my brother. You're my sister, amen. You're a friend. You're a stranger. God so loved the world, I said, God so loved the world. He, it wasn't built on a relation. It wasn't like I got to know you. Love is automatic. Can somebody say amen? We should love automatic no matter who the person is. God loved the world, and we ourselves have to love the world. You may not like the world. You may not like what they do, but we are to love the world. Amen. And lead them to Christ. And so our, our love has to be displayed in our lives. Amen. Praise the Lord. So entitled love, amen, love is the key to everything. Every single thing that we do, it has to be hinged to love. Can somebody say amen? Come on, I opened the series a couple of weeks ago, amen, that we are to love first. Amen? Love first. And today I want to minister on the loveless church. The loveless church. I want you to turn to the book of Revelations, chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2, how cute, my mom just sent me a, a message, I love you mijo, <laughs> I just got it on my iPad, amen, she's probably watching right now, I love you too mom, <laughs> just popped up on my screen right now, isn't that cool, talking about love and she shares some love right now, praise the Lord, amen, the loveless church, amen, Revelations chapter 2, 1 through 5, I'm going to go ahead and read that, read out the New Living Translation, it says this, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work, your patient endurance. I know that you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they're apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars, and you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did first. Look, how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works that you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and I will remove the lampstand from its place among the churches. Amen. Let's look at the church of Ephesus today, known as the Loveless Church. Paul ministered in Ephesus for three years and warning the Ephesians that false teachers uh, would come and try to draw them away from their faith. And Acts, actually it says in Acts chapter 20, verse 29, that I know that false teachers are like vicious wolves and they will come among you after I leave, not sparing the flock False teachers, amen, did come and cause problems in the Ephesian church, amen. But the church resisted them. John, the author here in the book of Revelation, Amen, spent much of his ministry in Ephesus, and he knew that they had resisted these false teachings that were coming their way. And now the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Come on, we we just sang that there's power. In the name of Jesus, amen? Come on, Jesus. We have to speak Jesus over every situation. Come on, when you're going through a storm and battle, there's power in the name of Jesus. That in the very mention of Jesus, things that seem to be out of hand, amen, once you mention that name, brings a calmness to us. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. See, the problem with a lot of us, we don't say Jesus in those circumstances. We say war. We say things. We we fight back, amen. Come on, somebody, somebody push you, you push them back. Someone just cussed you out. What do you want to do? Oh, you want to love them, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Love and love enters first, right? <laughs> Come on, No, you 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 know you know what it is. Our flesh gets. <laughs> Our flesh gets pushed, amen. That's why if we practice the love of God and we're always in that manner of love first, love first, love first, because he loved us first, amen. As long as we start to put that and we have it in our minds, in our spirit, we're reading, we're praying, our reactions are the flesh is still going to be tempted, but we will not follow with that reaction as we normally do. Come on, somebody say amen. So Jesus is walking around. He's the one walking around the, uh, the churches, the seven churches, amen. Now, even he walks around the churches today. And I, and, it, and I can just imagine what Jesus does, amen, when he's walking in the churches today. I wonder what he does when he walks into our church. I wonder what he says. I wonder what he sees. Because I know that there's some churches, amen, that he would just walk right straight out. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. He's walking among the churches today, and we must line ourselves to love. Can somebody say yes? Come on. Come on, when he's doing this, as he walks around these seven golden lampstands, and he walks around the seven churches, amen, this is indicating his power and his authority over the churches and over the leadership. The ultimate leader of this house is Jesus. It is not my me or my wife, amen, or the leadership in this house. Jesus is the one that rules over everything. Amen. He has the power. He has the authority. And the church of Ephesus was blowing up. This church was, man, having, he was growing him. And it was huge. But it became a proud church. And Jesus' message to them was, don't get too big headed. Tell your neighbor, say, slow down. <laughs> Come on. How many know that we can take off in the Lord and we can just start blowing up in the Lord in our heads, thinking that you're all that? Amen. You're God's chosen, God's favorite. All this stuff, amen. We can blow up our heads in our ministries. Come on, somebody. It happens. It sneaks its way into the church, amen. And so Jesus' message, you know what? Don't get too big-headed. You don't think you're all that. He Be reminded that I, Jesus, is the head of the church. And I'm here to let you know that God cares about the church today. God cares about the body. Amen. These seven letters to the churches indicate that today. In each letter, Jesus told John to write specific uh about specific people, places, and events. He praised the believer for their success. And he told them how to correct their failures. As he cares for those churches back then, Jesus cares for the churches today. Come on. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Come on, he loves you. I I know he loves me, amen, but you got to know that he loves you. Come on, there's times that we go through a season and we're going through a storm that sometimes you don't feel that Jesus loves you. Come on, somebody. Am, Am I talking the truth? Come on, sometimes you're wondering why you're going through a season and you start to think or the devil starts to lie to you saying, Jesus don't love you no more. Come on. And so what happens in our minds is that we start to shut down. I'm not going back to church. Jesus don't love me. The church don't love me. They don't love me. So all that is a lie. I'm here to let you know that Jesus, somebody say that with me. Jesus loves me. He loves you. He loves you. He loves the church. He loves the body of Christ. He loves you. Don't ever feel that you are not loved by God. He may not love what you're doing, but He loves you as your soul. He loves your spirit. He wants you to come to, He wants you to come home to Him. He's not to prepare a place for you and I am in. He loves you. So walk out today knowing that you are loved by God. And we as a church should reflect that love to each other. We should love you. Come on, if you say something bad about me, I'm going to still love you. Hallelujah. And for those that said something bad, I'll talk to you afterwards. Amen. I know who you are. (laughs) But I I still love. Let me tell you, throughout the seasons uh, and throughout the walk in your ministry or, or even being saved, people are going to talk about you. Come on, somebody say amen. It's all right. Come on, I've been talked about. I've been written about. I've been Facebooked about, I've been all kinds of things about, hallelujah. But I still love those people. I do it. Does it affect me? Yes. Do I, do I go back and react to it? No. I react in love. And that's the things that we have to do. Come on, somebody. I cannot do that. It's only the spirit of God that's inside me that enables me to love when I don't want to love. Because love is a choice. Come on, you got to choose to love. But the Holy Spirit, when He's living inside, and you read the Word and what He's done for us, Amen. Come on, just like Zen was saying, when, when God saved you and you were just this and messed up, and He loved you despite of you. Come on, we have to love that same way. We got to see I we got to see through God's eyes and love each other the way He loves the world. Can somebody say Amen? See, Jesus wants our churches to reach its greatest potential. I, as a pastor, I want you to reach your greatest potential. I, I love you guys so much. I don't want to see you guys hurt. So, yes, I'm going to be a daddy sometimes. I'm going to scold you. I'm going to point you in the right direction. I may have to pat you on the back. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, do a spiritual spanking on you. And it's not just to put you down. It's not to say, I don't like you. I love you. I care about you. And I want the best for you. Amen. That's what God wants to do. And so when we come on you, or my wife things to you is to make you better because there's great potential inside of you. We see it. I see it. Amen. God lets me see the potential in your life. Amen. And my thing is for you guys to reach the greatest potential to be greater than I or or whatever I can do. Amen. Even Jesus says "You'll you'll do way better than me. Us doing greater things than Jesus. Imagine that. But yeah, if Jesus is living in you and the Holy Spirit is working through you, you can do great things in the kingdom of God. And everyone, every single person here has great potential. Tell your neighbor, I got potential. Come on, say it. Say it proudly. I got potential. And say it because you depend on Jesus. Say it because, oh, man, I got potential because I got, I got, I got my backup. It's not in your own. It's not in your knowledge. It's not who you are. It's all about who's inside of you. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Come on. He wants you to reach the greatest potential. We, as a church, want you to reach your greatest potential. I mean, PCLV, as we worship together as we serve together as we cross over in a church as a church in unity we become God's vehicle for change not only in the city of Las Vegas Amen, but we can affect the world how powerful is that that you say I you have impact to this world let me tell you I have impact in my workplace and you should have impact in your workplace that when you come there, you make a difference there. As you come there, you make a difference inside their lives, amen. Because why Jesus is inside of you, amen. I was talking to a co-worker on on Friday, amen. He came at me with a, some 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 things of the uh, of scriptures and stuff like that, and, and he says, "Oh, I, I go to church." And I said, "Well, I, I just told him simply, church doesn't save you." I said, I, I, that's good that you go to church. And he said, Well, I'm a good man. I do this and I, I give here and, and I'm, I'm the first to give. And I said, That's all good. But do you know that even good people are going to hell? And I said, You, you, you know, you, you know, the only way of getting into heaven. And he's just kind of, you know, puzzled. He thought it was just your good deeds or being good or going to church every once in a while. I said, No, no. I said, it's your relationship with Jesus Christ. You got to believe what he came for, that he came and he died for your sins and on the third day he rose again, amen. But he came to save you. And each person that Jesus touches says he would save them, he would heal them, and he would tell them, go and what? Sin? No more. So there has to be a change in our lives. There has to be a repentance in our lives. There has to be a turnaround in our lives to start living for him and being what he called us to be. Because everything else won't you can't make it. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the, and the life. There is no other way. Come on, you cannot pay your way. Come on, if that, that was the case, we all just pay, put on a Visa card, and we're in. Hallelujah. But it doesn't happen that way. It's a relationship. And so I got on him, and he was getting a little frustrated with me. I said, oh, don't, don't get frustrated with me. You know why I'm telling you this? He goes, no. I said, because I love you. And I don't want to I don't want you to go to hell. So I need to tell the truth. And he appreciated that. It hit him when I said, I love you. You're like, oh, man, I wanted to hate you right now, but now I got to love you back. (laughs) Love conquers all things, church. (laughs) Amen. The love of God, man, it just wrecks people. It wrecks people, amen, when you start to speak of the love of God, amen. But let me tell you, church, as we serve together and we do these things, we become the change to this world. But we have to take it seriously because God does. It's not time to relax, it's not time to get comfortable. As, a, as a, it was mentioned up here of, of comfort, amen, and Sister Miranda was saying, you oh, know, we, we're so used to going back to our comfort when things don't work out in our lives. And so we get comfortable or we go back to saying, you know what? I, I stepped out in this. I stepped out in God and I got uncomfortable. And so I, I'm going to go back here and I'm just going to sit. And I'm just going to come and I'm not going to involve because once I get involved, all oh, hell comes at me. Of course. Yeah, you're stepping up on God, but we can't go back to our comfort. And we're not saved to be comfortable, we're saved to work and do what we need to do to win this world for Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Come on, we got to fill these seats. Seats are getting filled, seats are going going empty. Why? Because people are getting comfortable. Come on, somebody, it's all right. We we, we, we can't do that, church. Huh? Amen? Amen. 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 Come on, speak to me, amen. Amen. Speak to me. Hallelujah. See, over a long period of time, the church of Ephesus stood firm in their belief. It stood firm. They refused to tolerate sin among its members, uh, that we must stand against sin and encourage one another. Amen. Listen, you cannot sin and serve. Come on, this is not a sin and serve church. Hallelujah. Come on, you cannot sin and serve, amen. Come on, we cannot be living in sin and serving in his house, amen. We must get back to having reverence towards the God, amen, and say, God, I'm here to serve, and sin is what separates me from you, amen. Come on, sin doesn't bring him to us. It separates us from him. That's why the time, amen, when, when when Jesus cried out, why why have you forsaken me? Jesus, God had to turn, the Father had to turn away from him because why? He was carrying the sins of the world on that cross for you and I. Sin brings separation. Come on, we, we have to understand, God, I'm not going to let nothing get in the way of me and you, amen. So we cannot sin and serve, church. You have to understand that, that it was not an easy city uh, uh, in the church of Ephesus. Amen. This is like Las Vegas. It was a city known for immoral sexual practices, idol worshiping. I mean, they were pretty wicked. This is a wicked city, church. We're living in the times of sin and sexual immorality. It is popular now to be open-minded towards many types of sin today. That it's okay to drink. It's okay to shack up. Gay relationships are all right. Same-sex marriages are okay. Accepting different genders is part of the flow now. Amen. And I'm talking about the church. We know it's already in the world. It's always been in the world. That is coming into the church now. And they're calling it, these churches are calling it personal choices or alternative lifestyles. And that God, who loves everybody, accepts all that. This is a gospel that's being preached today in the churches. And I say no to that. It is sin, and God calls it sin. God loves the world. He accepts all people. He just doesn't accept sin. Doesn't accept sin. I'll say it again. Doesn't accept sin. (laughs) My God does not change. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever and ever. He's not going to change his mind and say, you know what, guys? I had it wrong. Times are different. It's okay to drink go for it. I'm sorry. You know what? you want to shackle up before you get married? Go for it. You know what? Try it out first, <laughs> see if it works. And if not, it's okay. Come on. You want, you, you like same sex. Go for it. I, I, I accept all. No, God's not going to change. How many know that he's not going to change? I mean, this, all this is going on in the world today is confusion and confusion comes from the devil. He's bringing confusion to our kids. He's chasing after our kids. He's bringing this in. They're saying, your parents are, are wackles. The church are wackles. Amen. What's wrong? They're not loving because you don't accept. No, 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 no. You still got to love them. You just got to teach them. Because this is what the world is teaching them. Come on. We have to love them out. Amen. And share the love of God. It says, this is not the way it is. It is sin. And sin will take you to hell. Hell's a very real place, church, and people are going there. And our job is to say, man, I'm not going to let my family go there. I'm not going to let my kids go there. I'm going to do whatever I do to bring people out of hell and make more room in heaven to bring people in. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 3 to 4 says this. There will come a time when people will not tolerate sound teaching. They will collect Teachers who will say what they want to hear because they are self-centered and they will turn their backs on the truth and they will turn to myths or to lies. See, the definition of self-centered is this, concerned solely with one's own desires, needs, or interests. When everyone is picking the choice of what they want to do, it's because I desire this. I'm making the choice. This is what I'm interested in. It's, it's not about anybody else. It's only about themselves. And so this is what's happening in the world today. There's, there's a self-centered generation that is out there today saying, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. And you can do whatever you want to do, church. Come on. But the truth is, if you don't accept him as Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. You're destined for hell and so our thing is God has grace to cover all your mistakes and the blood of Jesus will wipe away every sin in your life and that's the good news for us can somebody say amen Amen. come on there are there are ones who will change the truth into a lie and a lie into the truth and that's what's happening in the church today and that's why there's there's gay churches today it exists church and they're preaching the gospel And they call themselves a church, but they're not practicing what the word says. There's things out there, amen, they're changing the truth, amen. We here at PCLV are not going to change the truth, amen. We may not be popular for everybody else, but I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to be effective, amen. I'm here because souls are going to hell, and I'm saying that's not the way, amen. And those churches will be accountable for those souls, church, We're not going to change the truth, amen? We're here to offer real faith for real change. That's what we're here to do. I'm going to give you the truth. It may hurt you, but it's going to change you, church, if we accept it. Listen, church, when the body of believers, do we have any believers in the house today? Come on, when the believers begin to tolerate sin in the church, it lowers the standard and it compromises the church as a witness. The churches, listen. God's approval must be more important than the world's opinion. Come on. We, we can't change because the world is doing it. everyone else is doing it. Hey, the church down the street is doing it. What's wrong with you guys? That that's them. I'm not changing the truth. Well, pastor, I want to drink. And then go to a drinking church Then <laughs> you can come here still, but you won't grow here and you won't do anything here. If you're doing those things. Everyone is welcome here, but only God uses for those that align to his will. Can somebody say amen? Amen. It's all right? It's too hard for you? It's good. Come on, somebody say, say, preach it then. (laughs) Come on, we must use God's word. God's word is life. We must get into the word of God. We must read. Not just because I'm saying it, don't look for me to say it or, or one of our leaders to minister that over the pulpit. Amen. You have to take it and you have to examine it yourself. You have to study yourself approve. You got to read and study the word of God. Don't just take it because some preacher is saying it align it to the word of God. Amen. When I come here, I want to align it to God's word and to what it relates to us as for today. Amen. You have to study the word. Amen. And so if you already study the word, then the agreement comes. Amen. That's where the amen says, amen, pastor. I accept that. Amen. I believe that what you're saying is true. And that's when we, we agree with one another. Amen. And so we got to We've got to get into the word of God. You have to study it for yourself. Amen. We must use God's word. Amen. Not that people are, you know, uh, what people around men are, are, are willing to accept. It's not giving them what they're willing to accept. It's, it's giving them the truth. Come on somebody. We must set the standard on what is right and what is wrong. Christ comes here and he commends the church of Ephesus. He gives them high praise. He thanks them for working hard and for enduring and and not tolerating evil people, for examining false prophets and to suffer, come on, without quitting. I mean, these were great characteristics of a church, and every church should have what the church of Ephesus had, amen. But these efforts, uh, these uh, characteristics uh, should have been done or, or, or should come from the love of Christ, Love should be our motivation. Love should be what drives us church. It must be done in love. Tell your neighbor, it has to be done in love. See, they were flowing and they were doing, amen, and, and but they were not flowing in love. Both Jesus and John stressed the importance of loving each other, that loving each other is proof of the gospel. Loving each other is proof of who God is in our lives. Jesus says in John chapter 13, 34 to 35, he says this, So I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And John says in John chapter 1, 3 to Uh, Chapter 3, 18 through 19, it says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so that we will be confident when we stand before God. See, love each other. Loving each other was not really a new commandment. Come on, if you go back to Leviticus, amen, chapter 19, 18, it says there that you should love your neighbor as yourself. So this commandment of loving each other was always there, but to love one another as Christ, listen, as Christ loved others, this was different. This was a new way of loving, amen. This was radical. This was mind-blowing. You mean I gotta love them when even when they do that to me? Yes. You mean I gotta forgive them even when they do that to me? Yes, amen. Come on, this was a different love, amen. This was a way different way. This is grace. This is, this is mercy. This is all kinds of love. A love that, that covers the multitudes, listen, of multitudes of sin. So this way of loving was a new way of loving. It was a new commandment. Love the way I love. Don't love the way you love or how you loved before. Love the way I love. And so this was mind-blowing to love like Christ. Such love will not only bring unbelievers to Christ, but it will also keep the believers strong and united in a world that is hostile to God. Jesus was a living example of God's love. Amen. And we say I, we are to be a living example of Jesus' love. Jesus says that our Christ-like love will show the world, your neighbors, your coworkers, That you're a disciple. Love is more than just simply warm feelings, church. Come on. It's an attitude that reveals itself in action. If you love me, show me you love me. Don't just say it. Because words are not God's word, but our word. Come on. You can say all you want. I can tell my wife, I'm sorry, babe. I'm sorry, babe. But I have to show in actions that I really am sorry. Because most of the time when we say sorry, we're just sorry because we got busted. (laughs) Or you did something wrong, right? Come on. It has to be revealed in action. Babe, I love you. Okay, then show me. Pastor, I love this church. Then show me. Show it in action. That's what we have to do, church. It's not just when you feel good and you feel warm and you feel all, you know, saved or whatever. (laughs) No, no, you you serve God no matter what. Why? Because I love God. Come on, it's hot. Well, I'm here because I I love God. (laughs) I want to preach the word of God. Amen. So it has to be revealed in action. Listen, the battle of maintaining sound teaching Conflict sometimes and weakens or destroys our patience and affection and our love for one another. Come on, I just mentioned a little story, but have you, my, my coworker, but have you ever lost your patience with someone who's not accepting sound doctrine or truth from you when you're trying to get to them? And right, in some cases, I mean, we get frustrated, right? Come on, and the and the thing is, we don't react in love. We, we, sometimes we got to understand, even in sound doctrine, when we're preaching the word of God or trying to witness to somebody and they come at you, man, you can't lose your cool. You cannot get upset over that. Just like this guy, he came and, and I said, you know why I did it? Because I love you. I love you. And I just threw everything down. I didn't get loud. I didn't get anything. The thing is, we have to understand that when we do, when we minister sound doctrine, amen, it can come in, it can weaken, it can destroy, amen, our love, but we got to understand, we got to stand on the truth, and we got to keep loving, amen. Ephesians chapter 115 says, ever since I first heard you of your strong faith, amen, the Lord Jesus and the love for God's people everywhere. So the, the Ephesus church, amen, there was love at one time. There was love going on in that church. There was things that were happening in that church. Amen. And so we see here that Paul commended the church of Ephesus for his love, its love for God and, their, and his love for people. It was once there, there were, there it was happening, but many of the OGs of the church. Amen. Of Ephesus had died and many of the second generation believers had lost their zeal for God. Something got last, lost in the transition, amen, uh, of the old folks that started the church, amen, uh, and how they were fired up in the beginning, and all of a sudden uh, another generation uh, rises up, amen, and follow that, and all of a sudden they lost their zeal. Because of peer pressure. Because of political standards. Because of what goes on in society. They started to bend their, 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 their ways a little bit, and, and they started to lose their love for people. They were a busy church. It was an active church. They they did a lot for the church and for the community, but they were acting out of wrong motives. How many know that we can do God things without God motives? Listen, the work for God must be motivated, driven by love for God, otherwise it will not last. Come on. Do you remember the love that you felt when you got saved? Right? Zen was testifying. Come on. She got overwhelmed. Why? Because she remembered the first love. Come on. It wasn't like, okay, when I say this, tears flow out <laughs> to make it seem real good for all you guys. <laughs> no, she got overwhelmed. Miranda got overwhelmed. Reading the scripture, reading God's word, overwhelmed her. And because you start to feel the love of God. You start to read the story of God. You start to read the word. And when you read the word, you can't, you can't, you got to stop and say, wow, this is cool. You get overwhelmed. I mean, I'm studying for the word yesterday before I go to work, amen. And, I, and I'm I'm reading. I finished this one. I'm working on, on the messages for our conference, and, and I start to read uh about Joshua, amen. I start to read what's going on there. And, and, and God just overwhelmed me and said, God, you've been so good to me and so merciful and so forgiving. Hasn't He been forgiving? God, I don't want to ever lose that first love. I know that we can get busy, and we can start to grow, and we just like the church of Ephesus, they were growing, getting big, and all of a sudden, they were just so busy, they forgot to love, and they forgot about his love. And I went back, and here I am, you know, I've been saved almost going to 30 years. Amen. And it took me back to the beginning and said, God, you not only there, but along the way, I started to remember, man, God, you've been merciful there. God, I blew it there and yet you picked me up. God, man. And I started just going down the line and said, God, you've been so, so good. Come on. Anybody remember his love today? Amen. And, and how he saved you uh, and how he picked you up uh, when no one else picked you up. And when you thought everyone abandoned you, God was still there and said, get up, girl. Get Get up, son. Come on, keep going. Amen. He came. He says, I love you. Come on, just make it up. Yes, you made a mistake, but my love covers it all. Amen. My love still works today. My love's still powerful today. It reaches out and it loves you. Get up and sin no more. His love is there. and I, Man, I'm reading this. I said, God, you are too good times when I don't even deserve it, you still give it to me. And it humbles me. and says, God, why? I don't deserve this. I had a bad week. I had a bad thought. I don't deserve this. God says, well, my love covers all that. I love you. And through that love brings repentance. It aligns me back to the Father. I say, God, thank you so much for loving me. You start to remember his grace, his mercy. Man, where would you be if not for God? Where would you be if not for the blood of Jesus, guys? I mean, you've got to reflect on that. And it has to say, man, God, I would have nothing. I wouldn't have a marriage. All that would have been taken away. I would not have family that I have definitely wouldn't have you guys because I wouldn't be here without the love of God I most likely be dead (laughs) that's the truth the way I was going something was going to happen down the road but God's love was there God's love was there for you come on do you remember the love the love that drew you to the altar. The love that forgave you of all your sins. The tears that flow from your face because love touched your life. Love that wiped away your past and now you can rejoice in your forgiveness. For God so loved the world that he sent his love. Jesus. Church, when we begin to lose sight, of the seriousness of sin, then we begin to lose sight of the thrill of our forgiveness. We forget what God has done. And that's when you can start to weep and say, God, you forgive me. Forgiveness is not just, oh, can you forgive me? No, it's it's more than that. It's a touch of God. You have to weep. You have to cry, God. I got the forgiveness of God. God forgave me. Second Peter starts off by talking about faith, knowledge, self-control, patience, perseverance, love. But then he goes on to say in 2 Peter 1.9, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. And he has forgotten that he was cleansed from all his old sins. Remember how excited you were when you first got saved? Come on, you're on fire. I remember the little church on Sahara. Man, all I had was teenagers. Man, God, those hard days. <laughs> Our church was built with youth. We had like 30 youth and three adults. <laughs> But they were on, they are on fire. They love God. They didn't know what they're doing, but man, something was there, something was stirring them. Come on, they're on fire. You you were on fire? We first got saved. Everybody got on fire, man. You were excited, amen. You were the first one coming to church, man. You were waiting in the car. You were waiting in the parking lot. You beat pastor, <laughs> man. You were so excited. You brought your own broom and swept the front. <laughs> you know nobody was going to be there, so you I reswept. <laughs> Come on, you were excited, amen. You came in, you were on fire, you were coming to every service, not just Sundays, Wednesdays, women's meetings, men's meetings. I mean, you were there every single service, amen, without complaint. There was no complaint going on there. They complained because the church wasn't open. (laughs) That was the truth, amen. What, no service on Tuesday? What the heck? (laughs) We want service. Man, if we can be there seven days, they would have been there seven days a week. That There was no complaint. When you got excited, you got saved, you were at the church, amen. You were getting involved. You were signing up to be part of the team, amen. Uh, Come on, uh, come on. No one had to take you to go get tacos first. You want to sign up for the usher's ministry? I'll buy you a taco. (laughs) Seems like now we got to bribe people. (laughs) Give them a gift card. Come on. Come on, every sign up, you get a gift card. (laughs) We didn't know a lot about the gospel, but we were glad that we were saved. We were glad that, you know what, my sins have been forgiven. Hallelujah. It didn't matter, amen, how it works. Man, all we know, man, we believe the word. It says in the word, I'm saved. I'm forgiven, amen. Hallelujah. We're so excited. And we knew that Jesus loved us and forgave us of all our sins. We had enthusiasm without knowledge. We didn't know a lot about Jesus, but we're excited and we believe that through Christ we can do anything. Man, we believed. Amen. Do We got believers like that in the house today. Man, we believed. I got saved. Oh, my whole family's getting saved. I was radical, man. I got saved and my whole family got saved. Just like that. I was the (laughs) holdup. Took this knucklehead to get saved. And all of a sudden, my mom gets saved. My sisters get saved. Cousins getting saved. Amen. Come on. It became one row, two rows, three rows of family getting saved. Because I was so excited telling everybody about what God did for me. Man, I was sharing my testimony. I was sharing what God did. And they were like, man, they'd be crying. I said, you want to lead them to Christ right there? You want to get saved? Let's get saved. I didn't know how to lead them. I said, just pray this. God, save me. You're done. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't know much, a lot when I first got saved. I just said, man, I'm saved. You want Jesus in your heart? Yeah, that's it. Let's go, go to church. See you Tuesday, see you Wednesday, whatever day it was. I don't know why my voice is going like this. (laughs) But now it seems that Christians have knowledge, but no enthusiasm. They're big headed. Got the word. They can quote scriptures out of their pocket. But there's no enthusiasm. Listen, both are necessary, church, if we are to keep the love for our God intense. The question is, have you lost your first love? For some of us, we've got to revisit that. And when you revisit that on your own with God, you have to weep. Something has to overwhelm you when you start to reflect back on what he's done for you and how he loved you. If he, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, 32 says, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how, how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. The common English Bible says it like this. But remember the early days after you saw the light, you stood your ground. And while you were suffering from enormous amount of pressure, come on, you remained, you stood your ground. Amen. Here they are. They're talking. I want you to think back. I want you to think about those love and, and how man, no matter what came at you, you kept going. You kept rocking it. You kept serving the Lord. Amen. Now we get hit with a trial. A problem rises up and we all want to quit. Well, forget it. You say, I'm going to leave this church. And you think you're going to go to another church and say, man, there's no problems over there in that church. And realize what? There's problems there. You say, man, the same things are going on, but maybe it's not the church. Maybe it's just You. <laughs> And sometimes we got to understand God brings you in not to run from problems, but to fix your problems and fix the things within you, amen, to make you better. Because why? He loves you. Come on, didn't we get saved to get better? To change our ways and change our thoughts and not think that way or not not act that way anymore? That's what Christ died on the cross for us, for us to change. Come on, we forget all those things. We don't even believe the word, amen, that I can't do nothing. Through Christ. Jesus says in our text in Revelations, amen, turn back to me. Do the things that you did at first. Jesus tells the church to repent. If not, verse 5 says that Jesus will remove the lampstand from its place. And if Jesus removes our lampstands, it means that the church will not be effective. It may exist. It may have church on Sunday, amen, but it will not be effective. There are churches today that are having service, but they're not being effective. People will not get saved, delivered, or set free, amen, because there is no repentance in that church. Change only comes through repentance, church. You must repent in order for change to happen. Going to church may make you feel good, but it does not change you until you repent. Just as the 7 branch candlestick in the temple, and I was going to bring that, gave light to the church. The churches were to give light to the surrounding communities, their neighborhoods, their workplaces, their families. But Jesus warned them that their light will go out. In fact, Jesus himself would blow the light out. Let me take it a little further. You and I need to repent from our ways. Come on. We have to repent in order to be the light. But not only will he blow the light out, will not be effective anymore. And eventually, he will remove the church or he will remove you. You know, as I'm reading the book of Joshua about this crossover, if you really read the story there, it's a great story. And this is where we're at today. And and as I'm reading this part of the scripture in Revelations, and you know what? That if you don't change, he's going to remove. And we got to get things right before we cross over. We all know that, right? Repentance has to take place. Things have to die within us in order to cross over. And that's going to happen. But in the story of, of the crossover going into the promised land, and I'll just throw a little, little small pit here. They go in, and and of course, they got Jericho, right? They they march 13 times around that wall, and what happens? The wall comes down, and it's a great victory, right? But then they go up against another army, and and they lose the battle. They're in the promised land. What's going on here? And there was a man by the name of Achan. Achan was hiding some things in his tent, which was a no-no. And what happened to Achan, because of that, they realized what was going on, he said, you know, don't, don't take nothing for yourself. He kept some things for yourself. But, oh, I'm not going you know, to throw that away. I'm not going to burn that. Man, this is money or whatever. Whatever he was thinking. Of course, it, it, it lost victory in the next round. And what happened to Aiken? Anybody know? Not only just Aiken, but his family. Whew. Who did this? And finally he confesses, so they take him out and they kill him and his family. Because there's generations connected to him. They don't want that spirit. Listen, church, when we cross over, we do good. If anyone on this crossover, and this is what I feel, if you you don't fall into the plan, God will remove people for not following the directions. But if you follow the directions, you're going to walk into the blessings. Of course, that was removed. They repented. God gave them victory and then started getting victory after victory. And so this crossover with us, church, is very important what we need to do from here on and how we look at sin. Because if not, sin is going to take you out. Sin will take you out. Come on, somebody. I don't want just to... I don't want Jesus to remove the lamps down here at PCLV. I don't want him to re- remove anyone from this church. Come on. We are to be the light for Las Vegas and the light for this world. Amen. Amen. As I close today, we, we, we see that Jesus commended the church of Ephesus for hating the wicked practices Listen, they didn't hate the people, just their sinful actions, but they didn't show love to those people. They didn't love each other, and they didn't love God as they did in the beginning. We should accept and love all people, church, but we have to refuse to tolerate evil. God cannot tolerate sin, and he expects us to stand against it. The world needs Christians and disciples who will stand for God's truth and point people to the right way of living. Let's do what we do for God, and let's do it in love. Love for each other and love for him. Can somebody say amen? Come on, let's all stand up.